I'm Dr. Gene Hansen. For more than 25 years, I've been answering your financial questions on Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. This is Money Talks, providing honest, straightforward answers to your financial questions. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, June 2nd, 2018. Economic health of this nation has been four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline Greed. in the dollar. It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Money Talks. Good morning, good morning. You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on the radio. I'm Troy Harmon, your host this week with uh, DJ Barker. Hello, hello. As well as Dan Deluzio. Hello out there. Hey, guys. Uh, Dan is a CPA, works out of our perimeter office down at Hensler Financial, and uh, DJ is a managing associate in our planning and implementation department so we've got a financial planner an accountant and then there's just old me and then there's troy yeah well and i'm whatever you can make just about anything out of me <laughs> uh from a truck driver to a gardener i'll take either you'll one take of it those. any yeah, yeah. Anyway. either anything. way and and i'm also a financial analyst good so I'll, oh, on the side well, actually, uh, I spend a whole lot more of my time being a financial analyst than I do either one of those. Uh, but uh, let's talk a little bit about the stock market. This week we have seen some volatility. A little, little volatile, little yeah, up and downs, yeah. No doubt. Uh, fears of quiddly, Italy, whatever yeah. you want to talk about. We're talking about Italy might be leaving the European Union. That's right. Uh, fear is that uh, due to populist um, politics within Italy, uh, people that um, some, especially those who like the European Union, uh, might um, rather have sitting on the sidelines actually are looking like they might gain enough power to uh, cause a bit of an issue. Uh, I guess the investment side of this is the fear that uh, Italian bonds might default, sovereign bonds. Uh the fact that if they should leave the European Union, we saw what happened when uh, Britain exited, uh, didn't crush the Union, and they right. were much bigger economically, you know, as far as gross domestic product, they were much bigger and are much bigger than Italy, which is the third largest economic power within the European Union at this point. Um, you know, we're, it, uh, either way, it causes, uh, causes a little bit of grief and angst. Uh, on top of the fact that we saw a rekindling of those fears of tariffs this week. Yeah. Uh, talked a lot about that a few months ago. Uh, here we are back, final decision made. Uh, we will see some steel and aluminum tariffs on uh, our trading partners, including, kind of a, like a surprise, uh, including Canada. 25% on steel, 10% on aluminum, I believe it was. Uh, it's, you know, it's... Kind of final, not final, final yet. Uh, we got Wilbur Ross out talking about uh, just how we will handle those uh, those potential changes in tariffs. And uh, you know, I've said it on this station before. I'll say it again. Uh, ultimately, tariffs are paid by the consumers within the economy that imposes them. 
so, you know, it's not necessarily the best of things. Uh, there are some uh, problems, I guess we'll say, in the international trade, and I think that's really what we're aiming at correcting. Uh, ultimately, I, I, I said it before, and I'll still stick to it. I don't think we're going to see tariffs actually enacted and imposed and charged on any import uh, commodity. Uh, I think it's still a negotiation tactic. Sure. And I believe mm-hmm. ultimately uh, we will come to some reasonable conclusion. Uh, we did have tariffs in the not-too-distant past. Uh, under George W. Bush, we saw some tariffs. Uh, and uh, that situation was taken to the uh, – uh, to the International Powers uh, Trade Organization and uh, actually was reversed, uh, deemed illegal, I guess, and uh, and changed at that time. And I really believe that if these go that far, we'll probably see something similar. Now, uh, what it did do is uh, drove prices of, uh, of our stock, uh, our stock market overall, drove it a bit lower, uh, just off you know, a little more than half a percent on the day of the announcement Thursday. Um, You know, if you look at uh, everything that's happened this week, uh, the biggest thing that we saw was uh, a reduction in the value of the euro currency by 1% versus uh, the dollar, which is a pretty significant move. Uh, We also saw yields uh, on the Treasury yield, uh, fall significantly over the past week and a half. I mean, we had 10-year Treasury yields at 3.07% a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Uh, this week, I saw them as low as 2.7. That's a pretty That's significant a change mm-hmm. in a short period for uh, yield. So, you know, it's uh, it has caused some volatility, really uh, more significant volatility in bond prices than in uh, stock prices. But... Uh, Either way, you know, I still continue to watch the stock market. Uh, Earnings season, we are coming to a close on earnings season. First quarter, S&P 500, 493 of the 500 companies in the index have reported. Uh, Earnings growth, Dan, you want to take a wild guess at this? What would be an outlandish number? Outlandish number? Yeah, just tell me some crazy number. 25%. Okay. We're almost outlandish. 23.5% (laughs) earnings growth in the first quarter, which is significantly higher. I think fourth quarter we saw like 15.5%, which I thought, man, that's that's pretty juicy. Uh, We've got uh, regulatory and tax changes, and now we've got 23.5% growth in earnings in the first quarter. Uh, couple that with a decline in prices, uh, the S&P 500, we went from about a 41% premium relative to long-term uh, average price-to-earnings ratio to currently at about 24.5, something like that. So uh, S&P 500 is, uh, is a little more uh, palatable, I guess, at current prices, uh, given a bit of a pullback, which, uh, you know, year-to-date we're still positive. What are we, 1.4%? Yeah. Maybe a little lower than that. A little lower, 135. Yeah. Year-to-date, uh, technology still leading the charge, 10.83%. Um, the one-year period, 12.35% for the index overall. Information technology, 26.8%. Yeah, wow. just unbelievable. Consumer staples, this is a story that I still can't quite wrap my head around, but uh, over the past year lost 12.5%. 
Consumer staples year-to-date down 13.4%. Still just uh, kind of a bizarre thing when you see cigarette companies, uh, companies like Procter & Gamble down 20%. I mean, it's uh, hard to make sense of. And uh, obviously, if you watch uh, valuations very closely, obviously I'm not near as uh, as crazy about information technology at this price level and after these changes as I would be, you know, interested in buying me some consumer staples. But uh, uh, what has worked so far, year to date and over the past year, has surely been anything but consumer staples. Yeah. You know, telecoms yeah, down. Big. Telecom was down big last year. I think one of the only negative. Uh, if if it did end the year negative, I think it did, but it's actually only three major companies, uh, whereas information technology now, and I made this point before, early 90s, information technology made up about 5.5% of the S&P 500. Today, makes up almost 25%, almost one-fourth yeah. of the yeah. market-weighted value in the S&P 500 that to me is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know we're we're more of a technology driven uh, economy if you want to measure it that way, and and it's actually a more reasonable way to measure you know from a financial analyst point of view uh, such as mine. And the reason being it's it's market cap weighted. You you take the number of shares available on the market and their price, uh, multiply the two together, and you get uh, the true economic value of the company and. Uh, you know, honestly, when you look at what's happened over since 1990, mm-hmm. uh, we have had quite a run in uh, technology, and, and it's easy to identify just by that, 5.5% up to 25%. Yeah, significant. Yeah, no doubt. Um, we have a few things to talk about. Economically this week, uh, we'll make it quick. Uh, University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey uh Dropped 0.8 points to uh, 98. Uh, looks like uh, consumers reported weaker assets. So the current conditions are a little bit weaker this week. Uh, expectations actually improved. So how I feel about the economy right now is not as strong as how I feel it's going to be next year. I, you know, it's kind of a weird situation. We also got uh, conference board consumer confidence, which actually rose in both present conditions and the expectations. So, um you know, the only thing that we did see is purchasing plans were a little bit weaker going forward out of that particular piece. Uh, home prices continue to climb at a pretty rapid pace, 6.8% in the 20-city index, uh, 65 in the 10-city. Um, mortgage apps, this is a weekly thing we talk about quite a bit. Uh, the uh, mortgage application index is down 2.9% from the fr- prior week, Uh Refinances are leading the way lower, 4.7% negative, and uh, purchase activity declined 1.9%. So uh, all things considered, that's a little weird. Uh, GDP, we got uh, GDP numbers this week, 2.2% growth versus 2.3% in the initial. Uh, So we see a little bit of a weakening in uh, GDP. We'll come right back. You're listening to Money Talks. Stick around. Dog of the week this week, 
It's uh, not necessarily a dog at all. It's uh, tell you what, guys. I, I I'm always uh, interested in seeing the way that entrepreneurs handle certain situations. Sure, and, of course. Uh, this week. Talking about a restaurant in Perth, Australia. It's on the waterfront. Uh, and uh, as DJ, you, you've been around the ocean a little bit here. A little bit, there, yeah. right? Yeah, here and there. And uh, when you have um, people throwing bait in the water, throwing fish guts in the water, you know, fun, exciting things like that, what yeah. does it do? It, it draws seagulls. Yeah, it might a little bit. Yeah, so. Uh, when you got seagulls in a restaurant close to the water, what do you think might be the issue? Well, um, yeah. No doubt. Uh, this <laughs> restaurant in Perth uh, called Three Sheets. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Almost appropriately. This could, could well be. Uh, the owner, Toby Evans, has uh, taken to giving his patrons a water gun. To keep the seagulls away. Nice. How do you like that for a response? That is, uh, to me... Uh, probably the one, one of the most creative. Could you imagine taking your children? Well, first of all, do you take your children to a place called Three Sheets? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. There's, okay, maybe there's not. Another, that's another lesson. If you did, uh, having a water gun sitting on the table <laughs> to keep away the seagulls, especially if there's more than one child. DJ, yeah. you've got oh, two daughters. I've got two daughters. That's bad. Bad, bad things can happen. Uh, yeah. I, I can't imagine. I mean, even me, I'm probably not responsible enough to uh, make sure that I didn't squirt an Someone. innocent passerby. You have to. Do they hand the out raincoats or something? Like <laughs> you have to. <laughs> well, I, that might be a different way to respond to the seagulls themselves, right? Just give everyone a, a raincoat. I don't know. Uh, just Here's your napkin like, and poncho. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we used to have water pistols, but uh, the male patrons in the place can't get over themselves long enough to <laughs> not squirt each other or their wife or whomever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so there, your seagull of the, uh, dog of the week. Seagull of the week. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, quite a quite a different response uh, to a to a real life problem. Dinner and a show, right there. Uh, it sounds like it. That's for sure. Hey, you know what? Uh, we're nowhere close to the ocean, but I think when I go out to dinner this weekend. I might just take a water. Take a water. Yeah, why not? I'll tell the story. What do you think? I think it's a good idea. But make sure you sit inside, though. (laughs) (laughs) What if you start shooting a water gun and birds from who knows why show up? All right, enough foolishness. Uh, Let's get down to business. Oh, you're talking about We've got some good stuff coming up. Dan Dan Deluzio, our man with a tax plan, is here to talk to us about a way that you can lower your tax bill. Uh, talked a bit about this over the last few years, and uh, especially more recently, you know, we we have encouraged a lot of folks, everyone, anyone listening, to get out and talk to your uh, your tax uh, agent, your advisor, your preparer, whomever mm-hmm. it might be, about 2018 and talk to them early. If you haven't done it yet, you're already behind the eight ball a bit. And, uh, you know, this is one of those ways that uh, you can plan for taxes to, uh, you know, it's a a different way to lower taxes, and that is with conservation easements, especially in the state of Georgia, right? Right. Uh, So, Dan, what do we got? Well, conservation easements themselves, what are they? People say, what's a conservation easement? Well, essentially, an easement is really just legal, a legal uh, ownership that you give for property that you own. 
to a, an agency, be it a state agency or a charitable organization, and you you give them a right to a to use of property. That's an easement. Okay, and and when you give these away, one of the key things is that they're in perpetuity. So once you give it away, it has to be used for that purpose for the rest of its existence. So okay. it's a part of the property from now on. Four. Well, it, or a right to do something on the property. Okay. Okay. An easement can be either a piece of the property itself or a right to do something on the property. Sure. Okay. For instance, you could give an easement to somebody and say, uh, in fact, I know of a situation out in, uh, I think it's Wyoming, where there's a, there's a piece of land that was attached to one of the national parks. Sure. And the person who gave the easement to the government out there said, well, there's only going to be one house on this piece of land, and that is now the only house in the national park. I see. Wow. And so, no, okay. so in other words, a developer can't come in later and put up a 50-story condo or whatever sure. it would be. Yeah, I've seen them turned over mm-hmm. even within the state of Georgia right. for uh, the use of uh, wildlife management mm-hmm. areas or yeah. wildlife refuge. Yeah. And for that right, what happens is, you know, you go in and you get a fair market value of the property for its highest and best use is what they primarily what they call it. And that and could be something like a mine or some it industrial could be, it park. Could be, right. And nowadays we see, particularly in the urban areas, it's development, obviously. Right. But you're right. But you're right. It can be mineral rights. It can be things of that nature as well. And that would be the highest or best use, okay? Okay. And then, so you get a fair market value for the, for the piece of land or whatever it is that you're giving away that uh, at, at that point, okay? Then you go and say, what if we give this away or this right away? Now what will that piece of land or that be worth, okay? And, of course, if one is it's a million, for, if it's to be developed and it's 200000 if it's uh, after you've given the easement away that you can't develop it and the land's now only worth 200000 well, then the, your easement's worth 800000 Sure, the difference between right, its absolutely. best and, and uh, right. highest industrial use minus the use today is going exactly. to be lost. Yeah, after the Your easement. Yeah. Lost. Right. And so consequently, if you then donate that easement to the government or state agency or federal government or even a charitable, there are charitable organizations that are out there for the purpose of of ecological things and, and uh National parks and things of that. Would this nature, be like so. the Sierra Club or yeah, some conservation uh, sure. uh, uh, environmental groups? Environmental or, groups, absolutely. Right. So you donate to one of those, as long as obviously they're a five hundred one c three, right? And uh, and you get uh, you get well, you get a you get a, a write off for it. You get a federal write off for it on your federal taxes, just like a donation, like you'd give to any other charity. Sure. Okay. And then on the state side, the state of Georgia allows you a write off of a. Uh, 25% of the value of it, up to 250000 that you can claim on an individual. If it's a company, they can claim up to 500000 against their taxes. Wow. And if you can't use it all in one year, you get, to, you get to write it off over the next five for Georgia, and it goes, I think, 10 years out for the federal. Wow. So it's yeah, really so. a good deal. We're seeing a lot more of it today than I've ever seen it in the last maybe. It's really becoming coming in vogue. Uh, and, and there's also out there, there's investment partnerships that go in and vi- find these pieces and then parcel for that specific, for that specific reason. Yeah. yeah. And then they look at the highest and best use that the partners then decide what they want to do with that. And then when the partners decide, they can either get a charitable write off or a tax deduction, for, which is a tax deduction, or, or they decide then, no, we're going to keep it, we're going to develop it. So either way, it's not a loss for either.
Yeah. So, Do you see many audits with this type of investment, yeah. or well, how does that yeah, look? Well, when it's not necessarily audits, but the area that the government is most interested in is how are you valuing this? Okay. okay. You have to have it as a qualified appraisers that they call okay. that are brought in to do these things, and there has to be a qualified appraisal, and it has to really meet all the criteria that the government says it must meet. Sure. Okay. Or they will. They will. Uh, uh, I don't want to use the word attack, but essentially that's what they'll do. They'll say that appraisal is not correct, and we're going to revalue it. And then, of course, you, you lose the deduction or whatever sure. it is revalued at. Sure. But and and that's just normal. You have to be careful. But you know, if it's you, if you're in with a good group of people who have done this for a while, and there are companies out there and people who are, are in this business. I mean, there are several here in Atlanta that are actually in this business. And so they know what they're doing. They've done it for years. They're good quality people. They've got good appraisers on staff or people that they hire. So it's not anything that is just a run-of-the-mill thing, and you're, and you're going to take a big chance on it. They're fairly qualified people. Yeah, so In fact, a lot be... of these are backed by insurance. And if the IRS does come back and challenge the valuation, mm -hmm. that they will ensure that will cover so much of your tax liability. Oh, wow. Yeah. The additional. So wow. what you're saying is since there has never been oil discovered in the state of Georgia, if you tried to value your piece of property as if yeah. it were going to be a great oil well yeah. uh, with no geological yeah. survey, you you're probably going to have a little problem. You might have a little problem. <laughs> you may get that. a visit. Right. Yeah. yeah, you might get a visit and knock <laughs> yeah. on the door. Well, but. you know, here's the thing. You're, you're talking about a situation that can be a bit difficult to mm -hmm. understand. But yeah. uh, if, if somebody were contacted about uh, participation as a partner in right. one of these easements, uh, and they are generally organized as partnerships, right. uh, what their ability is to share in the loss, uh -huh. and the loss is, is uh, because of a donation. The so deduction, to be, so to speak, right. sharing the deduction, right. Right, exactly, a deduction for the, for the difference in the value as right. you laid okay. out. Uh, so uh, if, if you read through the details, you need to be careful is what you're telling me. Absolutely, yeah. These of things, what the valuation might yeah, say. You also mm -hmm. need to have the tax liability. I mean, because, you know, the greater the value of this is to a person in a higher tax bracket. Right. Sure. You're not going to want to do this if you're in a 10% tax bracket. Sure. You know, it's not going to really get you what, you, what you're looking. What, yeah, the yeah. bang for the buck, so to speak. Yeah. Right. So it is really for people in higher tax brackets and also people who are inclined to yeah. to want to be benevolent. Because there, there's people who out there that are out there with farmland that may want to donate their own farmland to these kinds of things, okay, mm -hmm. just so the, for the purpose of never seeing their land developed. Sure. And so you do have altruistic people with the, with the, with the needs to do that. And uh, a lot of times you'll see that happening quite a bit now. Sure, yeah. yeah. No doubt. Well, uh, let's take a real quick break right here. When we come back, we'll uh, answer some financial questions. And uh, stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Dan Deluzio and DJ Barker uh, talking today about all manners of things financial as well as uh, a little bit of conservation easement earlier on and uh, stock market. We've got some questions here. Uh, if you have a question, 
feel free to reach out to us. You can call and talk to a human at 770-429-9166. I only say that because you can also call and not talk to a human. Just leave us a recording. Uh, we'll play that recorded message, your question, on the air, and then we'll follow it up with a question. That number is one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. Or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. It's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. You can also go to our website, hensler.com, spelled in the same manner, and uh, find answers to some of your questions. Uh, like I say, if you can't find them there, feel free to call uh, or email, and uh, we'd be happy to answer those on the air or not so much on the air. Uh, again, we've got... Uh, question here from good friend ed kelly he says uh what's up with sell gene uh i've got a bit of a loss on this one should i sell well can't take the loss on taxes as it's in an ira uh what's the outlook uh sell gene has been treated very badly since october of last year when uh, the company came out and gave kind of a, a disappointing outlook on their future and uh what's what's been happening here really the the uh healthcare industry overall the sector by itself uh has it's up slightly since october of last year but what's really been weighing on it is uh government discussions of uh forcing profit margins lower saying that these companies are making too much money uh, it's kind of strange if you think about uh donald trump is is uh taking up the uh the banner for steel companies that are getting mistreated by outside forces, but at the same time he's talking about the consumer and how he's going to help the consumer in health care because, uh, you know, all of us have the will to live as long as we can. Um, but uh, these companies, Celgene uh, included, have been uh, caught up in a mess in the meantime. So if I look at the fundamentals of Celgene, uh, PEG, the, the price to earn price to earnings to growth ratio uh, gives us a forward PE divided by the growth uh, expected growth rate in earnings is at 0.48. I usually like to buy them when they're one or below. Uh, market right now is well above one, almost two. Uh, this one at 0.48 tells me that I'm getting a heck of a deal buying sell gene at these levels uh, when I look at uh, at the earnings, expected to grow earnings over the next three to five years, the next business cycle, if you will, at 19% with a P.E. ratio of 11.4. Mind you, the stock market P.E., the overall market P.E. is at 20.5. Uh, the P.E. ratio for the industry is over 25. This company is selling for less than its peers, and growing earnings over the last five years at 25.86. Now, the trend is lower, uh, expected to be 19%. Still, significant earnings growth. Dan, remember what we were talking about, 23.5% yeah. just in one quarter uh, for the overall market, and this is expected for the next three to five years to grow at a pace kind of in that ballpark. Um, it, uh, it seems to me that uh, this is kind of a kind of an easy call i would continue to hold cell gene in fact if you think of another one of its biotechnology peers gilead sciences uh g-i-l-d on the ticker there uh it's selling at a p.e of 9.62 uh p-e-g still below one 
you know, if uh, if you look at what's been working lately, uh, like an Amazon with a PE of 257 and a PEG that's over five times, uh, people are buying that like crazy and basically selling Celgene, selling Gilead. I think we I, see that from time to time, though. We, we see that we when something's hot, everybody's jumping in. When something's sure. not, they want to sell it, but they're not lo- looking at the fundamentals Absolutely. as much as maybe we should. Uh, that's exactly what I'm saying here. The fundamentals for this company, the fundamentals for many of the other companies in biotechnology, uh, look so much more attractive than than uh, information technology, especially those FANG stocks we hear a lot yeah. of talk about. And, by the way, if you look at what's happened year-to-date, DJ, this is something you and I talked about yesterday. Um, we've got growth-type companies. The S&P 500 growth index right. is up over 5% year-to-date, while value, which generally focuses more on dividends and other fundamentals, lower prices, things of that nature – uh, is down slightly on the year. There's a 7% differential between growth stocks and value stocks in 2018, while the market is only up 1.35%. Um, to me, there's there's a pretty significant disconnect between what investors are doing and what seems to make sense. Uh, I only say that because it actually adds to the case, in my opinion, when it comes to a company like Sell gene. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ed, I, I appreciate you listening. I thank you for the question. And uh, if uh, uh, if you're listening to me, then uh, I'm telling you to hang on to sell gene. In fact, it seems viable to me at this point. Mm. Yeah. So uh, there you have it. That's my opinion. Um, hope it works out for you. Hope it works out for me too, because I invest in the same things that I talk <laughs> about. Uh, so let's move on. Question from Brandon from Kennesaw. It says, uh, my wife just started a new job. How do we determine if we should switch from my health insurance plan to her plan? Well, if she says to change, then you can change. Oh, is that? Is yeah, that's that, the way it is. DJ, you don't, yeah, yeah. You just not, don't, question, don't question your wife. <laughs> so <laughs> well, what if your wife asks you? Oh, DJ, okay. Let's, well, then let's approach it from okay. that Okay. So a little uh, DJ, research into DJ, this. DJ, being the good husband always. <laughs> Uh, has given you advice for life, That's maybe right. not so much advice for your financial plan. That's right, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot that goes into this, right? I mean, we can't just compare the premiums and think that, you know, you're looking at, you know, the same type of, right. of plan. Absolutely. You know, the, the price is the not price the only thing The price is not at. the only thing to look at. You're going you're gonna to have to review co-payments, what your deductibles are going to be. Right. If your current doctors are in that, you know, that actual uh, yeah, that's group. a great idea. If, yep. if they're not in that group, in well, the network, yes, that, exactly. Yeah. You know, that's something that's you know very big for for our clients that are going to the same doctors. They're sure. used to that routine. You know, your doctor's not in the plan. It's out in network. That changes the price of obviously the copayment if right. it's you're out of sure. network to go because to your doctor. People generally don't swap doctors for right. insurance, but they might swap insurance to make sure the doctor's right. Exactly. Yeah. And also, exactly. pre-existing conditions are huge. Big, yeah. So you got to be aware of those things. There's a lot more, like you said, than just premium. Uh, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you got to look at uh, and and. You know, Lord forbid there's a significant change in your health situation, uh, unless it's an improvement, obviously. But, uh, you know, if you can look at previous years and see kind of how how often you've gone to the doctor, how much you've used um, in, in health care uh, overall, then yeah. you can kind of make an indication 
uh, as to how much your copay might be if you've got a doctor that you use frequently. Right. You know, you know what their charges are. And yeah. if you're not familiar with it and the, the insurance is from a different carrier, you can always give them a call, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Medications, if you're taking medications and, you know, you've got to sure. look and review that to make sure that, that the medications that, you know, if you, if you get those medications mailed, you know, the services that you're currently providing, yeah. that they are currently providing you, you want to make sure that, everything you know, continues. everything continues without interruption. So uh, I joke, but, yeah, there's a lot that goes into reviewing your, your health care. All right. So uh, just asking the missus is not necessary. That's actually not probably not going to work. Yeah. Okay. Unless, unless she minds. Unless my missus is listening, and of course that's what we're going to <laughs> <laughs> DJ loves you. <laughs> All right, uh, let's press on before we get too deep into that. Uh, Chris from Atlanta has got a question. I'm investing in Sienna Corporation, and I'm uh, in the six months that I've held it, it's uh, done phenomenally. My wife is encouraging me to buy more. DJ, what's the answer? Bye, bye, bye. Okay. Uh, but it's fairly close uh, to its most recent high. Is there anything mm-hmm. else that I, uh, that's in the space that's a better buy right now? Well, you know, honestly, looking at Sienna Corp., uh, it is a technology company, uh, provides hardware, software, uh, and services that support transport, switching, aggregation, uh, service delivery. It's basically communications, uh, hardware, um, expected to grow at 16% over the past five years. It's grown at 39.5%, wow. uh, a pretty solid company. Uh, when I look at this, and I didn't really even dig deeper than uh, just looking at the details of Sienna, uh, it has grown uh, year-to-date. It's up 7%, which is pretty substantial. But uh, over the past few years, uh, it's grown at an annualized rate of 663 while earnings growth has been over 33.5%. So what I'm telling you is it looks like it's gotten cheaper with time. Uh, I like where you are. I don't think that I would look further. Uh, C-I-E-N is the ticker, and it uh, seems like it's it's a, a pretty good position to hold, if you ask me, at the moment. Let's uh, take another quick break, and when we come back, we'll answer more of your financial questions. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. When you're pregnant, you start reading about the cost of having a baby. When you start reading about the cost of having a baby, you learn about the cost of sending that baby to college and immediately start saving all your money in a 529 plan. When you save all your money in a 529 plan, you save no money in your 401k, thinking your son will get a business degree from Harvard and take care of you in retirement. When you think your son will take care of you in retirement, he changes majors and gets a degree in jazz studies. When he gets a degree in jazz studies, he moves back home with you and you have to support him. When you have to support him, you don't get to retire. Don't be forced to work through retirement to support your jazz-loving adult son. Stop investing without a plan and upgrade to Money Talks. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Dan DeLucio and DJ Barker. You know the old saying, right? Uh, the difference between a degree in jazz studies and a large 
pizza. No, what's that? A large pizza will feed a family of four. <laughs> anyway. He's here all week, folks. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Dad jokes, <laughs> I got them. <laughs> all right, uh, got another question here uh, we'll dive into. But first, let me give you a way that you can contact us, 770-429-9166. You can call and uh, ask your questions to uh, one of our folks, and uh, they will get them to us. Uh, you can also call our question hotline, 1-855-429-9166. Leave a message. Uh, we'll play the recording back and answer your question right behind it, or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. Uh, so Will from Johns Creek asks, I saw this week that Italy is in crisis. I feel like this is a bit overblown with spectators thinking Italy will bail on the European Union, yet I see the markets reacting. Um, I get that we want to see the euro stable, but are Italy's politics really that influential? Uh, basically, what does this mean for me? Well, if you're investing in uh, European stocks um, or an exchange-traded fund that has significant exposure to Europe, uh, you probably have seen some volatility. Um, the main stock index in Italy fell 3% uh, after the news was, uh, uh, was released. Uh, basically, it's politically driven. Uh, whether or not the, the country is going to stay in the European Union, we have seen one pull out of the Union already, but they didn't use the currency. It's a little different when you talk about UK. Uh, they continued to use the pound sterling, never swapped over to using just the euro. So uh, it is a bit different, but uh, they were still a much bigger uh, economic power than Italy is. Uh, I mentioned at the first of the show that uh, Italy is the third largest European Union uh, participant. Um, there's uh, a few names for what's going on and the worry. I think people like to put these cute little names, Quiddly or Italexit, <laughs> or uh, as we've been calling it, Italeve. Um, you know, to me, the, the big risk is, you know, that they ditch the currency, but I think uh, you would see a lot of value uh, for retirees or those near retirement actually decline. Um, it also kicked up a little bit of fear about Spain, whether or not, you know, if Italy goes, does, does Spain follow? What does this really mean uh, for the euro? Uh, European, uh, the euro currency declined about 1% relative to the dollar when the, the announcement was made. So, uh, all things considered, you might be absolutely right. Um, you know, it could be a bit overblown. I, I do know that uh, we saw some some uh, weird valuations in the market. I talked about interest rates and how they've changed in the last week and a half. Part of that is a flight to quality or flight to safety from uh, European-based bonds, especially those sovereign bonds, to the U.S. Treasury wherein we had a decline in the 10-year Treasury rate from 3.07% down to about 274. I think it stabilized late in the week around 286. Uh, so, you know, we've seen, uh, we've seen what's happening in Europe, and it, and it will impact uh, domestic financial markets, but uh, probably not nearly as much as your specific situation if you are invested directly there. So, you know, uh, we had a few clients call last time when they saw something like this with uh, with Greece, talking about fixed mm -hmm. income, the bonds. Right. Does this say time to go out and, and look for those high-yielding bonds for 
Oh, you're saying is this an opportunity is instead this of a, a threat? A risk opportunity, but is it an yeah. opportunity? Well, I'll put it this way. You know, generally, it doesn't mesh with our philosophy. It very well might be an opportunity, but I think at this point, um, you're taking pretty significant risk to dive into something like that. Uh, you know, if you really are just a speculator and not so much an investor, where you're, you know, you you like known cash flows and and you're sitting here expecting. Uh, certain things to 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 go on, and especially maybe even your retirement to go on. Uh, <laughs> you uh, you're probably best not to use to that avoid. money to avoid to, okay. to go out and buy uh, Italian sovereign bonds. Yeah, I, I don't recommend it. Good I don't deal. recommend speculating generally. So um, you know, with uh, with that said, I guess we can. Uh, we can probably say that it's going to be something very interesting to watch. Oh, yeah. um, bank stocks in Europe, especially Spain mm-hmm. or Italy, um, are definitely going to be more volatile until we get this worked out. And since it is uh, politically driven, until Italy can get a can can form a uh, coalition government and get this this uh, detail behind them, uh, it's going to be hard to say just how many swings one direction or the other we might see. Um, but again, you know, it's affected our, our fixed income markets a right. little more than than uh, some of the other things that we've seen this week. So um, definitely something that I'll be watching. Yeah. All, right. All right, we got a question. Gary from Peachtree City says, should I be considering municipal bonds over tr- U.S. Treasury bonds? So, I mean, there's a lot of differences. It's, it's great. we got a tax guy on the... On the air, because uh, we know that treasuries uh, are state tax exempt, but, but not, not federal. federal tax exempt. When you look at municipal bonds, they're federal tax exempt and, and might be state tax exempt, assuming they're your state. If they're issued from, from your, your state, state or a municipality within your state. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's not just a state bond. It can be it can be a municipal a municipality. Right. Also located within your state. So, uh, from a tax point of view, yes, absolutely. Now, would you want either one of them in an IRA? I would say probably not. Uh, at that point, you just look for nominal yield, which nominal yield is the the coupon value, the face value of the of the the bond, assuming mm-hmm. that it's selling at par or at the face value of the bond. Now, you know, it'd be real easy to get lost in some of the jargon. Uh, around the the bond industry, um, but if you're buying bonds and you're expecting to hold them to maturity, if you buy them based on yield to maturity, assuming that they can't be called, uh, you know that there's not any of those other strange features that are on the bond. Uh, if you're investing in a in a retirement account with no tax uh, impact, then you should really just go for the best yield you can find. Um, if you're investing in a taxable account, obviously municipal bonds, treasury bonds, which to buy, um, you know, it it also depends on how much risk you're willing to take. A mm-hmm. treasury bond is expected to have, they call it the risk-free rate, right? The 20-year bond, which they don't even issue anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so somewhere between a 10 and a 30-year, um, that's, that's considered to have no risk of default. Why? Well, the government that you're buying it from has a printing press that uh, actually prints out dollars. Guaranteed that, to get that back. Yeah, uh-huh. that happen to be the, uh, <laughs> the default currency of the, the globe, right? Uh, so you take a little more risk in municipal bonds. Um, 
you know, if we're talking about risk, uh, a single-A corporate actually has worse uh, default rates, higher default rates <clears throat> than uh, a triple-A municipal bond. Um, you know, it's, it's some of those things that you have to think about. Uh, if you take the nominal yield and you divide it by one minus your tax rate, you can actually get the tax equivalent yield, and that would be the basis that we would make the decision on if, uh, if you're trying to make a determination as to which of these two to buy. You guys got anything to add? Well, it is that time of day. It's, uh, this is the end of our show. Anybody want to tell me what the market's going to do next week? We're going up. We'll be back up. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Two ups, and I'm always a broken record. I'm saying the market it's is going to be up. higher next week. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon with DJ Barker and Dan DeLucio. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.